podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Cheeseheads, and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Franco, your host of the show. Today, we're talking about another victory in the league, back to winning ways against Wolves. Decent performance, and um, yeah, I think it's probably the best we've played in a long time. This week, um, I saw another Spurs pod, because we need more Spurs pods, and they'd listed their... um, their pod contributors. And one of them was called HD, which sounded a bit like of a Chinese ripoff of our own HG. But we've got the real thing here today. How are you doing, HG? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm all right. I, 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 what is it about Im- imitation being the sincerest form of flattery? Um, yeah, <laughs> HD, if you're listening, I've no idea who you are. You're probably not as good as me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. Um, no, I, I'm all right. Yeah, we, we won today, so I'm all right. Also, um, back from practicing his football for probably the first time in a long time. How you doing, Seb? You weren't you in crutches? I'm all right. I'm a I'm a bit stiff and sore. Yeah, I I played football today. Part of um, my supporters club, Northwest Spurs. Uh, I think I've said before, taking place. Uh, they're taking part in a Legends match um, in June. So we had a bit of a get together, kind of meet up and uh, try and kick a few footballs around. And yeah, bit 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 sore. But it took me a good five minutes to kind of get myself out of my car on the, on, the way, on the way back. But yeah, I'm feeling all right now. It'll be getting out of bed tomorrow, mate. It'll oh. be like a, a five-stage process. It'll take half an hour. Where's the <laughs> ice bath, Seb? Yeah. <laughs> Let's crack into the game. As we always do, looking at the, the, the lineup. Um, HG, this is very few changes apart from an enforced Aurier substitution because um, he was injured I believe I think a groin strain and so we saw Tanganga come back in yeah look um cough enforced cough um <laughs> but you all hang on so you're actually believing that he's going to go to PSG because that seems like the least feasible thing to me no I, I I just think that if you've trained all week right like every single training session he's been at and then it's like oh I don't feel 100% come on now there is a reason it may not be PSG but there is a reason they like if 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 he's gone from first choice to third choice, like he could be on the bench and like oh maybe we'll need him, but we probably won't. But he's not one hundred percent. No, silly. It's it's nonsense. Whatever they came out with today was nonsense. Aurier was not in the squad for other reasons, whatever they are. Um, but Spurs didn't seem to miss him. So when I looked at the team, I was like, I don't know. Like, I I didn't think I would I would have played Delhi myself. I, I just don't know where, like, where he is, uh, like, as a strong number ten. Like, is he good enough defensively? W- would we need that with the way that Wolves play? But um, Mason's been pretty consistent with his selection, so I, I don't think we can. We could have been too surprised, even if we didn't like it. Um, it, it it's a decent eleven that we know can can beat a lot of teams. Yeah. What did you think, Seb? I mean, two questions. Were you surprised that Tanganga jumped over Doherty to get into the squad, and, and then also? The sort of Delhi and Bale situation didn't have great games last against Leeds, but but picked again. I mean, I, I quite like it because I think we've been moaning all season about a lack of consistency and allowing these players to have a run of games. So for me, I quite liked it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I was surprised to see Tanganga in, but he's never let anyone down, and uh, no. he didn't today. So, um, not, yeah, not no no problem with it at all. And yeah, like you say, with the Delhi and Bale situation, we we want them to play. Um, 
and Bale tends to turn it on at home. Uh, Delhi uh, definitely needs a, a run of games. Um, obviously, the the kind of odd one out, if you like, is Ndombele. Um, I don't know what future he's got there because I I, I don't know. I just I, I just think now he, he that's a tainted name now. <laughs> we, under three different bosses, he's struggled for for game time at various times. Mm. Um, uh, so a fourth one comes in. Is he going to be the one to turn him around? Because we all know it's there, but you know, three guys have, have queried him. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know where we go go from here with him. Really, do you not think it's a case with, with, with Mason sort of just trusting players that he, he knows, and he's probably you know he's, he's probably known them all for quite a while, hasn't he? So he's you know Roden. He said that he, he missed out because of the cup where his cup tied, and since then he's gone down the pecking order. But he seems to be sticking to sort of tried and tested players that have been around, doesn't he? I can't see any difference between Ndombele and Lacelso in terms of the, your 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 criteria, if you like. True, true, true. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I would have expect him to 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 have been given a kick, but um, but no, I, I I'm looking at it. I, I, I would wonder if he's going to depart in the summer. I, I, I don't think he'll leave. I, I just think that, I mean, first off, Don Belli's on, what, 200 grand a week? So that would be difficult to shift anyway. And secondly, I'm not sure anyone's got any money to buy him. I just think, like, I think we're realising that it, it's it's one or the other when it comes to those two, right? Lo is not exactly um, Mr. Fit, is he? Like, he's injured quite a bit. So Don Belli would get his games, but to find a system that suits both of them well, we seem to have struggled. We haven't been able to do that. And you're right. Like we all know that that Delhi, Sun, and Kane have an understanding. They've played with each other for a long time. So, if mm. you do only have seven games as a manager, it, it's not that outrageous to to have those three. Um, well, we all know what Bale can do, and so it is kind of who goes next to Hoiberg and Lacelso. I think we've said most of the season is probably the best all rounder because he can do a little bit of everything, if not be, be a master at any one of them. And so, yeah, it's not that weird. But I think Don Belli, I wouldn't worry about him going because I think Sissoko and probably Winks would be first out the door before him. But uh, he, he, like, he may want to leave, but I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of fans would feel that way as well. Um, Sissoko is probably the, the first one out the door as far as most people are concerned. Um, the game itself, I thought, and we started off quite brightly and I just thought we, we grew into it and, and we increased the pressure throughout the game. But I couldn't really tell, HG, what did you think, whether that was down to anything to do with us or whether Wolves had just checked out a little bit, end of season syndrome? I definitely think that Wolves obviously were, you know, had one mind on, on the Euros if they were going or on the beach if they weren't. But I think that with Spurs, that we, 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 we've, we've realised finally after 50-odd games that we need to have some kind of platform in midfield. And so... For for the first, I think ten twenty minutes, we were we we were pushed up, but we were still quite deep. Like I feel like everyone was within twenty yards of of Toby and, and Eric, as opposed to mm. of Kane. But what, once we figured out exactly how we wanted to move the ball forward in midfield, we we, we started to dominate. And and the three that or the the, the midfield um, set that that uh, Wolves had, they never really got involved. They, they they didn't seem to have too much desire to really put pressure on us. And which they could have done, and they just didn't. So uh, I think it was more about us figuring out what we wanted to do, and Wolves were, were, were quite accommodating in allowing us to do that. I thought it was going to be the first team that upped it a little bit because I thought the first 15, 20 minutes were like watching paint dry. <laughs> it was really slow, really, really slow and methodical. Um, and whichever team kind of stepped on the gas a little bit, 
um, I thought was going to take advantage. And actually, the last 20, 20 25 minutes of that first half, it was us. Um, mm. the, the, the goal was was coming. You know, he threatened a, a few times um, and started to link the play quite nicely. I thought Delhi was crucial to that. Um, but I also thought Lo Celso um, did very well, kind of just, just guiding that ball through, through the midfield. I, I was impressed with him today. Yeah, I mean, I think our fan base are still pretty split on the Celso. But you're right, some of his slide rule passes, he just kind of saw those channels on the on the left-hand side with with Sun running into those and, and played quite a few nice balls there, I thought. Yeah, the thing with the Celso is that the consistency just isn't there. Like, so he, yeah. he, he can do a pass and you think, wow, that was that was really well done. Like, no, no other midfielder could have made that pass. Like, we saw that a few times today. But then you also see occasions where he gets the ball from a throw-in and takes two touches and loses it. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing with the Celso. It's. I, I think he's trying to. It's weird. Like our midfield is really trying to figure itself out. Like, do we want Heiberg to the, be the most central one who who brings the ball out from from the defenders? It doesn't look like he wants to do that, and the Celso does. So when the Celso drops deep, and we saw that, as I said, in the first twenty twenty five minutes, like Kane came back at one point and got the ball off the defenders. Um, Delhi was doing it as well. We just. We, we needed to decide, right, no, this is your job and I'm going to allow you to do it. I'm not going to go there and try and get the ball myself. Like, no, I understand that my my role, I'm talking about Kane here, my role is perhaps something else and this is your job to, to move the ball forward towards me. Lo Celso does have the best passing range of any midfielder we have. I I know that Dombele sees passes that no one else can, but I think Lo Celso is is comfortable just having the ball and and moving from side to side looking for a, looking for the right pass. He doesn't often get it perfect. I, I think that's clear, but um yeah, it's it, it is a weird one because like I think Lo Celso played well and he certainly got better as the game went on, but every now and again he'll do something and you're just scratching your head wondering how is that even possible? What are you trying to do there? Yeah, and I think he just sometimes labours a little bit on the ball, like you say, too many touches and sort of likes to get the ball, look up, take a touch, then make his pass when sometimes it could be a little bit quicker. But when he is quicker on the ball, it's really good and he links up play well. We need we need more movement. I mean, that's just it. Like We try yeah. to play the ball down the middle, but with Hoiberg, Lo and Delhi, there's no movement off the ball. Like If you play the ball to, to Delhi's feet, he's going to want a runner to pass the ball to, right? And, and there mm. isn't one. And that's the problem because it means that you're left with Delhi trying to do his little flicks and tricks around defenders. And sometimes it works and works fantastically, but a lot of the time he's unable to do that. And so all he can do is pass it back to where it came from. And th- there's just so little movement in our, in our attacking play. And that's a problem. Like Sun doesn't, didn't really move off the wing. Bale did it a couple of times, but n- not with any regularity. And, the defenders found it easy to mark them, uh, and that that is the problem. I thought it was better second half. Actually, I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned about the movement because the the thing that I noticed in the second half today was that the ball was going forwards more, and that's kind of from the last few weeks where I've bemoaned the kind of Hoybier back to Aurier, back to Toby, lump it long. Um, <laughs> passes that were going on ad infinitum. Today, actually, I felt there was a little bit of semblance of play with it just going forward. And when you mentioned that there were players coming back, I noticed it alternated. So like you say, Kane came back sometimes, the Celso came back sometimes, Delhi came back sometimes. But actually, mm. what that did was set the other ones forward. There, there, was, a, there was a player coming back, so it wasn't left to Hoybier to, to begin the play because I don't think he can do that. And like you said, I don't think he wants to do that. But there was a, an alternate player coming back 
when we were when we were looking to go forward, and they set the play with a forward ball. Um, mm. And I, I think that was the biggest difference today to what I've noticed over the last five, six, maybe longer than that, with these kind of patterns of play where we piss around with it on the halfway line um, before lumping it forward. Actually, it looked like there was a bit of a plan today. Yeah, and I think, I don't know whether Delhi is a little bit responsible for that because he does move around the pitch a lot, which Ndombele doesn't do quite as, you know, he's a bit statuesque at times. And I thought Delhi moving around, because there's times, you're right, where we, we get it up up front, but everyone's sort of being man marks. The ball gets w- worked back again. But I saw that happen. And then I saw Delhi sort of moving across the pitch just trying to run into space. And then we worked it to him. But again, like Lo Celso is guilty every now and then of, asking for the ball from the defender and then just giving it straight back. And I hate it when midfielders yep. do that. I think, what is the point? But there was a time when he did it today and I was like, if you give it straight back, but he didn't, he just quickly flicked it around the guy that was closing him down. And I think it went to Hoybier and we and we broke. That's all we need to do. It's just people need to be alive. If someone's going to go and collect the ball from the defender, then he needs to have a pass on, like a quick pass. And it's so easy to break through midfields like that. You watch Man City do it all the time. We just need to figure that midfield sort of structure out, don't we? Yeah, look, I, I think that it doesn't help that our fullbacks tend to be a bit too far forward. I, I'd like them to be maybe 10 yards a bit further back just because it, it makes the pass more, more just easier. Like if, mm. if, if, if the centre-half is giving the ball to Lo Celso and he doesn't have the time to turn around because someone's on him, then what can he do apart from go back? And, and that goes mm. for any midfielder. Like if the centre-backs only really have the option of passing it 10 yards forward to the central midfielder or 35 yards forward looking for a run of Sun and Delhi, that's a problem. Like the fullbacks need to be more involved in that build-up play rather than being on the end of it because it does appear that certainly with Reguilón, like he's, he's, he's a lot further forward than maybe he needs to be when we've got the ball. Hmm. Let's talk about the goal itself. <laughs> Proper route one stuff in the end, wasn't it? But at the end of it, like Seb, Kane's finish was just absolute class, as we probably have learned to expect from him now. Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? This is, this is this is week in, week out from him. And it was so cool. Very, very calm on the ball. Um, but like you say, it, it, it's what he does. You know, when he, when he picked the ball up in that position, he had two defenders, the goalkeeper to beat, and you just felt like he was going to score. Um you know, we've we've eulogised about Kane a lot on this pod, but it is completely justified. Fantastic player and fantastic mm. finisher. Um, from an England point of view, I just hope he gets through the next two games okay. Yeah, I think their analysis on on Sky was really good because you see Cody goes in and he, and he kind of almost fakes the shot, and um, Cody goes to ground, but Kane sort of puts a hand on him as well to sort of force the issue. Just takes a little touch and then he's just he knows that he's he knows where the goal is, doesn't even look up, just places it in. He's absolutely beautiful. But um a decent ball from Hoybier as well. I was quite surprised that came from him. What did you think about that, HG? We've just spent we've just spent five minutes saying how we don't want him passing it from midfield and now we're gonna <laughs> talk about the assist. Um like when the pass is on you should play it. I mean, that's just it. Like, I don't believe that a Premier League footballer shouldn't be able to make the pass that Hoiberg did, right? Like, they, mm. they should all be able to do it. And so I think the first touch from Harry was the key part, right? Getting the ball to him, that, 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 that's difficult enough, but okay. But, uh, you know, Hoiberg does have it in his locker. He is capable mm. of doing it. It's just a question of whether he wants to. And, like, if he's deferring to Lacelso because he thinks Lacelso is a better passer, which. <laughs> I mean, theory is possible because, I mean, was it Dyer said about Lacelso that he was so good and it could be playing for someone else that if yeah. other players feel like that about him. But like we all know that Hoiberg can do it. Uh, we've seen a number of passes this season where you think, wow, the pass for, 
for Aurier's goal up at Old Trafford was a perfect first-time pass with perfect weighting. And so we know he can, but yeah, it, it was all about the finish. Like as as as, as great as Hoiberg's super was, um, Kane Kane's goal just reminded me of I think it was one that Delhi scored at the new stadium, maybe Bournemouth. Delhi scored two in the game, and one was a a long ball over the top that Sun controlled, and it just kind of fell to Delhi, so he put it in. But there was oh, yeah. another one where it was very similar. He got the ball and went to shoot, didn't, and then was able to just lift it over the keeper who'd committed himself. But mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's something that those players, like players like that who can, under pressure, make decisions that completely affect the outcome, right? They are they are aware of what the defender is trying to do, and they are good enough to, to say, it won't be good enough. Um, I'll just take an extra touch and, and walk it into the net. Because, I mean, Kane could have walked it into the net. He didn't even need to shoot. He passed it in, but he could have taken another couple of touches before passing it in. It was, he made it look simple, which it clearly wasn't. And then uh, Hoybier becomes the, the goal scorer himself. <laughs> when we scored that, I was quite surprised that it, that it was him. <laughs> I think Seb, you know, seeing him so far up, it was like he was on the six-yard box, wasn't he? But again, it's just it's good to see like having midfielders breaking into the box. It was good to see that. It was good to see the desire from, from Reggie as well. There's a couple of times, I think he did well to keep it in, if I remember yeah. rightly, and then and then well to beat uh, Hoiver um, and, and find a man, and then it found its way. Um, yeah, and I was surprised to see Hoiver there. Has he, he scored once before? Is he against Liverpool? Is that the only one? Yeah. yeah. That, that was from, from, from a way out as well. So to see him pop up on the on the six-yard line was... Uh, yeah, surprising. I think Mason said he was surprised as well. Um, but um, but yeah, fair play. It got the all important goal, and that 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 obviously kind of killed the game from there. I didn't really see any way back from uh, the Wolves um, from that. Although saying that, uh, for about ten minutes after we scored the second goal, that was probably when Wolves had their their best moments of the match. Yeah, I think that's right. They sort of turned it on a little bit then, and before that, it's weird they weren't doing anything, were they? It just it just felt like. Um, it was it was only ours to win throughout most of that game. It felt very comfortable, but um, and I just thought some of the play was really good. Like, let me look at some stats. Like, if you look at the total tackles, um, I think Lacelso, Hoybier, and Delhi all got three in the match, which was the most in the team. And one of Delhi's was almost led to to that goal. We hit the post twice. He basically tackled on the halfway line, didn't he? Ran all the way through, waited, 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 and played that perfect ball to Kane. Um, and it just like. Actually, consider like the last weekend where he was very good at sort of creating chances, and then today another one. It, it does kind of show that maybe we've been missing that from Delhi this season. Look, it was exact carbon copy of what he did against Leeds when Sun scored, yeah. right? Like he waited for the defender to commit and then just nutmegged him. I mean, he knows yeah. what he's doing; he does it all the time. It's it, the, the thing with Delhi is that for him to do that, he needs to be closer to goal, and that that would always be the issue under Mourinho is that he never got the chance to be that close to goal. He can't mm. make those passes from fifty yards away. So it, it, it is great to see him doing what I think most Spurs fans should know that he's always been able to do. He may not be getting the goals that he did a few seasons ago, but he is there and he he understands how 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 to I don't know how to describe it. He, he was waiting for the run as well yeah right like he could have made a pass to i think it was sun beforehand but but he waited because he understood that that the the risk of sending american that the play needed time to develop right um (laughs) 
And so you're like, De- Delhi is great at what he does. I, yeah. I still think that it's a, a push to to say that he should be starting every game in all competitions um, next season. But he's clearly a very good player. And his understanding with Kane and with Son, there's no way that we should... I mean, I've seen today that people think that now he's playing well, we should definitely sell him. No, <laughs> no. Like the fact he's playing well with our better players means he should stay. It's not a chance for him to to go in the shop window and us to maybe fleece someone by being like, huh, he's only good with these players. No, we, we, we need those players to, to stick around. No, I agree. Well, Connor Cody had a really good game today. Well, I say really good. He just seemed to be on the end of everything that we put into the box and just he got in the way of everything, cleared everything, broke his own personal records for most number of clearances within the first half. But... I asked our Facebook page who the, our man of the match from a Spurs perspective were. And, and Delhi was resounding. I think over 100 people said Delhi. Uh, and then Hoybier and, and Tanganga got decent mentions as well. And we haven't talked about Tanganga. What, what did you think of him today, Seb? Before I answer that, have you just dropped that in so you know that I'm going to rant about Sky again? Well, you always rant about Sky. That's a given, isn't it? <laughs> Gary Neville picking Connor Cody as man of the match. They lost 2-0. It doesn't matter if he cleared 50,000 balls. He let two in and they lost. Uh, uh, honestly, that that company. I don't, I, did, he actually, did he actually do that? Because I thought, I thought I heard him say something like, I'll let the, the fans vote or something. Or was he, let, that just... he, he, he said he was going to let the fans vote. Then he said, oh, it's a three-way between Hoybier, Cody and, and Delhi." And right. he said, right, no, I'm, I'm picking... I'm picking Connor Cody because he's broken the clearance record or whatever. His uh, own clearance just, record, yeah. Uh, honestly, Christ. like Hoybier, a goal and an assist. Deli Ali was 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 fantastic today. Yeah, you know, I thought Lacelso uh, played well. Not maybe not man of the match, but Cody was in a team that lost, and it doesn't mm. matter if it doesn't matter if he clears however many balls. He he wasn't great for the for the Harry Kane goal. He was nowhere in the shot for the Hoybier goal. You're not man of the match, mate. I, I, I just don't. I don't understand where, where. Well, particularly Neville gets off, but he, he loves the sound of his own voice, as do we all. But they- <laughs> I, I think Neville Neville must have money on Connor Cody going to the Euros. He's just trying to build him up a little bit. He did talk it up a bit during the yeah, commentary. He's like talking about Southgate being there. Cody's doing himself lots of favours today. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I, I just think that like I, there were a couple of times today. Obviously, I don't get the English commentary, but like there were a couple of times today where it looked like Kane and Cody aren't the best of friends. Like it felt like there was a little bit of needle between the two of them. I, I, I don't mm. know whether I was the only one who caught that, but it it, it was weird. Like Connor Cody, I, I did see him on Sky once. Um, and he's a pretty eloquent guy. Like he, he knows his football. He, know, he knows how to, to discuss these things. And but yeah, it was just. I felt like Kane and him had maybe it was just a personal kind of battle, and they were giving each other stick. But it, it definitely felt like there was some needle between the two of them. He got mm. given the armband, Connor Cody, uh, for England in his second game. So yeah. was was the captain went off, and uh, and the the armband was was passed to Cody. So um, yeah, little interest. I think you're right. A little interesting dynamic there um, about you know. I, I don't know. I, for me, Cody would 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 one hundred percent be be in the England squad, but whether Kane agrees, I don't know. But <laughs> um, I thought Tank. Going back to your original question, yeah, I thought Tank Thanks, was was. <laughs> I thought Tank Anger was was very good today. I think he gives you seven, eight out of ten every time I've seen him. Yeah, I don't think he's ever let anyone down. He's never the best player on the pitch. I'm not sure he necessarily can be at right back, but he was he was very very good. Well, let's be honest, most of the times he's played, it's after having 
no, you know what I mean? He, he doesn't play for five, 10 games and then gets a game or maybe two and then he's out again, isn't it? So the fact that he comes in having not played in ages and tends to put in decent performances, I don't think you can moan about that. And there was a moment, I think we got forward and he was out wide. Bale had it. Bale just waited and then played the ball to him. And his ball across the box was right into that danger zone, right in between, you know, like the defender and the keeper. And again, I think Cody cleared it, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It was the sort of ball that a striker should have been attacking, and I think he's got all of the right attributes to be a, a right back. So, do you think we should try and integrate him into the squad a bit more next year, or, or loan him out? Oh no, he, he definitely needs to be in the squad. I mean, yeah. I know we talk about this a lot, and it, and I don't really like talking about it, but obviously he's homegrown, so that 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 counts in his favour. Um, but he can play. I think we've seen him play across the the back line. Um, he's good from set pieces. You know, he, he was uh, he got got his head on the on the end of a free kick today or a corner maybe, um, uh, uh, and just went over. So he's he's a definite useful addition. Um, I don't know. Obviously, it'd be interesting to see what the club do with this right back scenario because um, we've got three there at the moment, none of whom would really be off an immediate first pick, but. Tanganga might offer a solution there, but I, I think I think we'll see another one coming, or I'd hope I'd hope we do. Yeah, agreed. Also, shout out to Reggie because um, dealing with Traore, it, when you saw them two next to each other, it was like a, a, a man against a little boy at times. But I thought he did really well with the physical battle. I think we have to give Reggie on a bit more credit for the for our second goal. I mean, I know we gave him some, but like that that to me was the type of assist that will never get credited. Right, like mm. he made that goal. His desire made the goal. Not only did he did he control the ball under pressure in the first place, he then won it twice, found mm. Bale with a perfect pass. And I mean, Bale's shot was pretty good, but like that was all down to Reguilón's desire to to make something happen, and obviously helped that the the right back for Wolves was <laughs> um, obviously unaware that Reguilón is quite aggressive in almost every challenge. But um, <laughs> yeah, like that, that that really was the assist that would never get credited. That goal doesn't happen if it's not for Reguilón's desire to do anything at that moment. I worry Reguilón's got a little bit of the things that I didn't like about Danny Rose in him. There was a, a moment today, I think it was Traore, um, it's probably Wolves' best chance, but I can't remember the specifics, but um, it came down that side and Reguilón wasn't even in shot and he was just jogging back. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I didn't like that at all. So I, there's definitely a player there. I think we, you know, anyone who watched Spanish football last year could see that before he joined us. And he, he was impressive, I think, more in the first half of, of this season. But... I do worry there's there's little kind of brain farts in there where he just switches off, not bothered, jogging back. Um, and yeah, we need to, or he needs to watch that. It, it, it's that moment when you could see Hoiberg frantically pointing at Dyer. He's yours. <laughs> I can't get near him um, because Reggion's not in shot. I'm assuming that's the moment you're talking about. But yeah, it, it, again, I think it comes back to the whole fullbacks. Like they, they should be defenders first, right? Like they, they are a they are an accessory to the attack. They shouldn't be the attack. I, I don't care if Sun moves inside from the wing to allow Riggy on the space. If we don't have the ball, there's a massive problem. And if the cover doesn't have the pace to deal with the person that Reguilón's left behind, we'll, we'll be in trouble. And I mean, Seb said it before, Wolves could have easily scored once, maybe even more, because they had decent chances today and they just didn't take them. Yeah, it's just difficult for fullbacks these days because in the modern game, there's a lot more ask them. They need to have more attributes, don't they? And and quite often, the ones that 
do quite well in decent teams because you've got the ball most of the time. They're good going forward. They don't have to defend too much. So they're not asked to. And I think then when you come to a Spurs team, it's got Jose Mourinho telling you to sit in your own half, then it's uh, going to come under a bit more pressure. But yeah, I, I think that, it, you know, he's a, a really promising player and his pace, if anything else, is definitely a reason to keep him in the team. Um, let's look at the top four chances now. It's literally the slimmest of slim chances with Liverpool winning in the last bloody minute with their goalkeeper scoring. Like, how ridiculous is that, HG? <laughs> um, I, I, I didn't even think about how, what it meant for Spurs. I just thought it was a really good header. <laughs> so when everyone else is like, oh, it's sickening, and I was like, why would it be sickening? I, like, I know people don't like Liverpool, but oh, and then I realised, okay, yeah, if you're still dreaming about Champions League, then that's a massive issue. But I guess I, I gave that one up a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, what, what do we need? We need to win both our games and hope that Chelsea don't get more than a point, and our goal difference will get them there. I mean, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. But yeah, we need Chelsea, and Liverpool to lose their games, and yeah, we need to win both of ours. Yeah, no, it, very it, unlikely. Yeah, it's very unlikely. But you know, never say never. We've got to believe, right? As Caller would say, and <laughs> it, 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 it is nice to see us above West Ham again. So, something feels right about that, even even if it only lasts what three days. Um, it, yeah, it, it's yeah. nice. It's nice to have us there because the, I mean, like the top six looks about right because you know Arsenal aren't in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty true. Everton as well, they don't want it. They just don't want any part of it. They just lost to Sheffield United. What is going on with Everton? You remember at the start of the season, everyone was saying how great they were and they've just fallen apart, haven't they? It always finishes, I think, it did last season, it, it always finishes about right. But the, the good thing would be that we've had a pretty much a shit show of a season, an absolute disaster in places, and yet we could more than likely finish ahead of West Ham and Arsenal. Mm. Um, and West Ham apparently have had a had a fantastic season. So, so there you go. You know, we we could have been higher if we finished sixth. I guess we'll take that. I don't I don't want to finish seventh because uh, of the the Conference League. I was listening to um, the Athletic today, um, and they were describing the the consequences of falling into Conference League qualification. It, it's it's not good. It really isn't good, um, and they were they were dissecting whether you'd have essentially just play not even a second string, you know, whether you'd put the youth team in, and that the the, the competition was designed for the um, you know Moldovans and Azerbaijanis, and I don't even know that's the that's the right terminology, but it's not designed for 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 a team from England. We have to get that Europa League spot. Um, and I think it will also impact on what type of manager we can uh, encourage to come to Tottenham. Yeah, I don't know what the financials are, but I do get the feeling that you are going to get literally nothing for being in that competition. It's it's um, it's just not going to be any good for us apart from a bit of like revenue from from the stadium. But like those games are literally going to be half full, I think, unless like well, and Levy's not going to offer them for a tenner, is he? So I didn't realise as well that the Europa League is. Um, is cut down, so it's thirty-two teams, yeah. as opposed to forty-eight. So, yeah, it, that makes it that makes it for me um, a better competition than, than than the one we were in this year. Um, yeah, right. so and, and I, that's, that's the idea, isn't it? I mean, they they want to streamline the Europa League, but they wanted to give teams a better chance or a chance of you know playing a few more games and like even if it is match day revenue for a lot of teams, that would be enough, right? So obviously for Levy. If, if he charges 20 quid a ticket, I, I think people will go, 
right? I mean, yeah. we almost mm-hmm. we almost lost to Plovdiv at the start of this season, and Plovdiv <laughs> is exactly the team that will be in the Conference League, right? So, like, yeah. like don't get me wrong, I don't want to be in it particularly, like, but I, I do think that, that 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 it will be of value to Spurs, but it's all about how Spurs use it, right? Like when it get if it gets to the quarterfinal stage. It, it, it would probably be quite similar to what we had this year with Europa League. Someone like Dinamo Zagreb, um, and then then you might think, okay, but like no Spurs fan is ever going to walk around thinking we won the first ever edition of the Conference League. So it's I don't know. I, I guess we'll see what happens in that first year, but it, it, it's it's something. I, I don't even know when the games will be played. Like if Champions League is Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and Europa League is Thursday, when does the Conference League get played? Like so no, they'll, they'll be Thursday. My well. understanding is it's early kickoff Thursdays because the the thoughts are that the majority of the games will be held in Eastern Europe. So when it's <laughs> when it's five o'clock in the uh, sorry when it's seven o'clock in the UK, it's five. Have I got that right? No, yeah, it's no, five, it'd be, it'd be, yeah, no, it, other way around. Other way around. Other way around yeah. yeah, yeah. But essentially, it's it's, it's for for prime kickoffs. So if you're kicking off in Baku, um, yeah. I, but I. I um, I don't want any part of it, really. <laughs> I really don't. I also heard an interesting point today about the work that Conte um, has done in going to teams that aren't in European football and winning leagues with them. Um, I know we know that he did it at Chelsea, but he also did it at Juve. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want you're, not, you're not letting this Conte thing go, are you, Seb? You really want him? <laughs> no, I really, I, I really want it. I know we were going to talk about this later, but it, it was really interesting chat today that I heard. According to James Horncastle, the thought was at Spurs when they got rid of Mourinho that they liked the the German model. He called it and Tuchel and Klopp and all that, and that Nagelsmann was the the priority. Obviously, we know now that's gone, um, and now they are looking to the two Italian managers uh, of Inzaghi. And Conti, and effectively Inzaghi is seen as the cheaper option. He's almost out of contract. Um, he's done good things on a shoestring budget. Uh, I think we know why that would suit Levy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he won uh, won cups when I think uh, Juve were, were basically winning everything in sight. He still managed to get Lazio to win a couple of trophies, um, and uh, and he's definitely well thought of. He's he's high on the list. Uh, I am quoting Horncastle here. And then Conti is the one that they want. And it's all kind of depending on a chat that is going to go on this week. Um, apparently, the guys that run into Milan came in to the training ground last week and asked every player and member of staff to take two-week wage deferral. And Conti is due to chat with them this week and find out what the plans are going forward. There's a good chance, according to The Athletic, that that he could leave next week. Um, and that would obviously open Levy's eyes because of lack of compensation payments and things like that. Um, yeah. I want Conte, but actually reading about what Inzaghi's done as well, very impressive. Um, I think it kind of came out of left field, but the more, more I look into it, um, the more it seems to make a bit of sense. Definitely sexier than Graham Potter, it must be said. What do you think, HG? Well, I mean... <laughs> Does does Conte have a wig or what? Is that is that the important question? No, he he, he got a hair replacement. It, it was the transplant. Shane Warren. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you know it'd be funny? Like, did I think Inter's issues is they still owe a lot of money for the players that they've signed, right? So yeah, whether it's yeah. Lukaku or the the right back, uh, is it Hakimi? Um, there's or a few Ericsson. Yeah. Well, there you go. Or Ericsson. and so 
is he is he going to come back with some of these players? Like, uh, well, we can't afford to pay you the rest of the deal for Ericsson, so we have to send him back. Um, and then we get the player that we've missed out on. But like, like Conti obviously would be the smart choice, right? Like, if he's available and interested, I, I don't think anyone could be too up. Like, I realize there's a lot of you know, oh, another Chelsea manager. We don't want Chelsea rejects at Spurs. Um, if they win stuff, I don't mind. <laughs> if I'm honest, I didn't mind Mourinho coming in. I minded what he did once he was here. But with Conte, having won with Juventus, having won with um, Inter Milan, and obviously the season, that awful season when he when he pipped us for Chelsea, he, he does know what he's doing. It, it wouldn't be a bad move by any means. And we all know he speaks English too. So yeah, like I think Conte would, would, would be a good option for sure if it, if it goes that far. But You'd have to wonder, like, you know, are Inter really going to implode? They've just won, that they've just won Serie A. Surely these people are going to find some money. I, I, it's, it would be crazy to think that they'd lose the, the manager that that took them back to the top of Italian football, and maybe a couple of their players just just after they, they, they've they've got back to where they want to be. But this is the thing: as much as we want uh, these chairmen that spend loads of money, a lot of them spend money to get in debt. In the, in the assumption that things are going to, going to continue. I think COVID had been a massive disruption. Same as it has been for Spurs. We were assuming we are going to have all this stadium money. I think Inter are in big trouble. Same as Barca are in big trouble. Real Madrid are in big trouble. Some of these massive teams around the world are just going to struggle because even fans don't have the money now. Like The way it's affected the economies, people who haven't had, been out of work. I've seen people on Twitter this week saying they can't afford to renew their season ticket at Spurs. So it's, it's, it's difficult. There is going to be less money and people, a lot of Spurs fans still seem to be under this illusion that things are just normal. Somebody was saying like we can get forty million for Lacelso in the summer. I was like, if you, a team has forty million this summer, why are they going to be looking at Lacelso as the one they want to buy? Like, it's just insane. So I think it's um it's going to be an interesting summer. We're going to have to see what's going to happen. But as I've said a few times recently, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Enoch and Levy. Talking of which, <laughs> uh, we had the protest yesterday. Um, Seb, did you pay any attention to that? What, what did you think? wasn't worth a minute of my time. <laughs> I saw the things that were going on, uh, you know, the Slack chat that we have with the patrons and stuff. I'm not interested. I, I Look, I'm not, I, I am neither levy in or, or levy out because I don't feel that strongly about it because everyone that I listen to on either side doesn't have an alternative of what they would like to see because there isn't an alternative. That is the fact of it. We talked before we came on tonight and my view is that whether you like it or not, and I, I, I happen not to like it, that football is a business and therefore Tottenham Hotspur is a business. There are no such things as fans. There are customers. If you run that business, we are instantly replaceable with more customers from further afield. That's what the ESL was about. These untapped markets in China and Indonesia and America and all the other places. And that it doesn't matter what me or you or 30 pissed up lads outside uh, White Hart Lane decide to do it has no influence and if it did have an influence and levy did decide to sell he would just sell to someone who is of an equal business standing as him we've talked about it before it would be billions and billions of pounds you think these people make billions and billions of pounds by listening to what the man on the street says no they make informed business decisions that put their business on the best financial footing and unfortunately like it or not that's what Levy does. So I have no interest in 
I'm sorry. I, I thought it was ridiculous. Actually, I thought it was embarrassing when I saw it on on, on Sky Sports. Uh, I, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying that Levy out is wrong. Enoch out is wrong. I just think they uh, couldn't arrange a piss up in a brewery. Yeah, it wasn't ideal. And then the numbers were like disappointingly low. And from the coverage I saw on one of the YouTube channels, it just looked like an away day outside a bar in Barcelona or something like that. It Even just... if the numbers were high, it doesn't matter. Have you seen what Man United do? That has no effect on, on the Glazers at all. They might go out and buy a player to, to, to quieten the fans. They might go out and try and get Haaland or Kane or whatever, right? I'd say we tried to do this because it will quieten the fans. I'll tell you now, if we were Leicester... Right, if we were third and winning the cup, no, no one would give a shit. <laughs> they, they wouldn't. I don't care because you had that guy on the pod before, uh, and you asked him what he would do, and all he basically wanted was a Saudi billionaire or an American. That's all he said to come in and buy the club. Well, better the devil you know in my book. I, I, I just, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get the the thought behind it. And you know, I wrote an article in, with the ESL. I was disgusted by Levy. But I'm a realist, and it as it's his it's his business, it's his club. I, I don't like it. I think he's made consistently bad decisions. There's nothing me or you can do about it. <laughs> I still think that there's there's a room for protest, and I still think if people want to try and get stuff done, I don't think we should say that protest achieved nothing. But I just think that was a pretty poor example of a protest. And there's other means. HG the uh, the supporters trust a meeting with the club on Tuesday. Um, hopefully to build some bridges. I, I feel like almost the supporters trust, if there was a winner from the protest yesterday, was them. Because it, mm. it became obvious to anyone with half a brain that it, if if the fans are going to get anything that they are asking for, right? not all of them, but just anything, it's going to come from the people that already have a relationship with Levy. And the supporters trust do. So whether you agree with them completely, and I certainly don't, but whether you agree with them completely, they are your best bet, right? You need to back that horse as best you can. You need to become a member of it and maybe get them to to, to change their mind if you can. Like it's, it's a democratic organization as far as I'm aware. Like They do what the members tell them to do. Mm. Um, obviously, something like – I feel like Levy – understands that he's a politician right in this in this aspect he is a politician he needs to do the right things and say the right things even if he doesn't mean them right and i think we've seen plenty of that with levy in the past he said things knowing full well that the the customers are going to read it and think yeah that's what i want to hear but actually he's got no intention of doing what he knows they're going to think he said right and so that to me has been the frustrating thing because like I've I've broadly supported Levy during his tenure as Spurs chairman because I, I remember what we were like beforehand and now when I see where we are and the things that we actually have a chance of doing, like if he hadn't done the things that he did, we, we, we'd be we'd be Aston Villa, right? Like we, we'd have a nice big stadium, we'd have a decent history, and with a few good decisions, we might be finishing mid-table. Right, and that's basically where they are. Right, that's where we could be if it's not for Levy. I think that you'd be a fool to not realise that. However, when you're in Nottingham Forest, could it could be even worse? Quite right, yeah. and and you look at that, but I don't know. You, you just think, okay, Levy, like you understand the system. You're a smart guy. You, you may not be socially aware, whatever, but you're a smart guy. Just placate the fans a little bit. And it appears yeah. that he has no intention of doing so. And that's what, that's what has annoyed me recently. The idea yeah. that like, if Levy wins, 
and Spurs get bigger. And at the end of the time that he has, he can sell, sell the club for whatever he thinks he can get. That's he's done well for himself, but crucially, that's only possible if he's put Spurs in a better place to do what we want them to do. And he clearly has done that. So the question is now, right, let, let, let's let's make some better decisions. He spent money on players like Don Bele and Le Celso and Bergvine and Reguillon. I mean, they're the decent sums of money on players, but unfortunately, there seems to be very little accountability when those signings don't work out, and a lot of them haven't. So we, we, we've seen before with Levy that there's been accountability. He's sacked Baldini for doing similar things. Why aren't we seeing that now? Why, why haven't the club come out and said, we, are, we want to do something different or we are going to do something different? Sacking the manager hasn't been the, hasn't been the issue, I don't think. Like, Mourinho was a problem, but putting someone else in into the same situation, there's a very good chance that things won't get better. Everything mm. needs to be looked at. And I feel that with, with, with Levy, does he really want to do that right now? Is he just? I, I don't. I don't know what he's thinking, and, and it's a problem because for fans of the club like us, I mean, and there are plenty more who put in far more money into Spurs than I do. Like it is, it is the most like it's their major hobby. They put any spare money they have into the club. They want the club to be successful, and if and if the owner or the you know the the chairman isn't putting at least a. a a face to say, yes, this is what I want, then of course they're going to be angry. The protest was a joke, but yeah, something has to be done. Like it can't continue mm. the way it is. But he's not, he's not sensible, is he? Because sensible would be not charging £65 for, <laughs> for, for the game against Aston Villa. But the, the, it boils down to the fact he doesn't need to be sensible because Franco, you'll go, that's a, that's a joke. I'm not going, I'm not having anything to do with it. But you, mm. you replace this ten people behind you, mate, who are more than willing to to to, to part with it. <clears throat> Call up, yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. So it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to Levy. It, it, it it's it's a numbers game, and the numbers constantly stack up in the favour in favour of Levy and Tottenham Hotspur. He could sell that the sixty three thousand or whatever it is season tickets, and uh, if 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 everyone decided not to go, it would fill up the next day. One hundred percent, right? It, it's it doesn't matter. He doesn't care what me or you think, and and I don't like that. But it's fact because we'll be replaced by the Koreans who come to see Son and the tourists and the Americans and and the people who get to go once, twice, three times a year. And it, it's it's not a problem. There is con- there is a constant stream of people who want to watch and spend money on Tottenham Hotspur. We saw it with the bloody protest with the idiots who were protesting, and they got a bloody Spurs shop bag. <laughs> you know, it, it's you know I, I will buy a shirt. I, look, I'm I'm as much of a mug as everyone else. I'll buy a shirt when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just a numbers game, and the numbers, like I say, will constantly stack up in Levy's favour. Yeah, there's nothing we can do about it, and it's pointless thinking thinking we can. I'm not saying po- protests are pointless. I get the act of protesting; it's important. But if you're going to do it, do it better than yesterday, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I just think the idea that it's a movement is is ridiculous. It's like, yes, guys, you've made your voice heard, and they know. I mean, the Spurs will know. Look where we are in the league this year. They, they'll know that the fans are not happy. We just had to sack another manager. They'll know they're not happy with the way things are going. Um, and I don't think protesting, like you said, is, is really going to make a huge amount of difference to anything that Levy does. But it's it's little things like 
you, you see on Twitter and social media the the, the the Leicester owners who just write a very simple message to the fans, send them some you know goodies which probably cost them about five quid, and all of a sudden everyone's going, oh, this is what proper owners are like. You're like, it's, it's just nothing, really, is it? But the fact that they do that puts them in this high esteem, and and that's all Levy really needs to do is start just doing a few little things that make fans feel good, like they're actually valued a little bit, and that goes a long way, it really does. Anyway, I think we've done enough today. Um, let me just quickly uh, mention footballprizes.co.uk. This week, it's a signed cane shirt. Uh, tickets, as always, are four ninety five, and with the discount code ten cheese, you get a ten percent discount. Um, that will be closing on Monday, the seventeenth of May at seven thirty pm. So get involved there at footballprizes.co.uk. Also, if you want to join our patrons, as much as Seb was just moaning about American football fans, we've got a lot of Americans on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Thanks for that. We love you and appreciate you all. And um, that's the good thing about our patrons. You can wake up in the morning, and all the Yanks and the Aussies have been chatting when all the Brits are asleep, isn't it? So you wake up and there's a whole load of conversation that's gone on. It's um, it's pretty decent. So get involved in our patron patreon.com forward slash the cheese room podcast would love to have you involved right um hg thanks ever so much as always for joining yeah no problem um i'd also like to say quickly um to all the norwegians that listen i know there are a few um tomorrow is the norwegian national day or the 17th of may is um i studied in norway for a while and i remember the amount of fun that they have on that day and i always have a, a soft spot for anything norwegian now so um hello to all of you enjoy the day off and, uh, yeah, have some Hellnut and some Pindershirt and all those things that I don't really remember, like lemon yogurt. I used to love Norwegian mm-hmm. lemon yogurt. Yeah, sounds good. Seb, thanks for joining, mate. No problem at all. I have nothing more to add. I think I have properly vented. I don't have, I don't have anything <laughs> else to say. He's spent physically <laughs> and mentally. I like it. <laughs> all right cheese heads please um if you haven't already uh sign up to our social media channels and um subscribe to your podcast provider and until next time come on you spurs come on you spurs come on you spurs sports social podcast network <laughs>